But what happens if I lose mountain biking? In today's episode, I talked to Sarah, who shares how she had to face that question when deciding to end a relationship and move home to the UK. We discussed the power of being vulnerable, how a Facebook group changed the course of Sarah's life on wheels, and how amidst all this, she also had to overcome a broken neck. But just before we do that, don't forget to head on over to the Girls on Wheels website and subscribe to the newsletter, where you can keep in the loop about upcoming guests and episodes and be in with a chance to get involved. And please give the pod a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Girls on Wheels Podcast and check out the pod's number one supporter, Shawnee at Shred Lucky Girl. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hi Sarah, welcome to the Girls on Wheels podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for your time. Um, I always like to kick off these podcasts to um, get you to sort of tell whoever's listening how you got into mountain biking um, and like how it came into your world. Uh, But for those people that might not know who you are, you are Sarah Munton, your Munton biker on Instagram. Yes, Munton underscore biker. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, and you are pretty good on your bike, I'd say. I'm always in awe of watching you sort of jump and you seem to have a lot of bravery, which I'm always, always admire. Um, and you um, are, in, I can't say this word, ambassador, right, for Seekers Cult clothing. Yeah, that's, yeah. Sick. Okay, so <laughs> let's kick us off and then sort of, Tell us, how did you get into this sport? Like, how did you how did you find the mountain biking world? So it was back in 2018, I think. I was living over in New Zealand and my boyfriend at the time, he'd mountain biked all his life and he was just like, oh, come out on the hardtail one day with me. And um, it was just like a little cross-country loop and it wasn't anything, anything scary or anything big, but it was, it was just fun. And it wasn't, I don't think the passion like took hold immediately. I wasn't like, this is it. This has been my calling or something like that. Yeah. But we just carried on doing like little ones and stuff and just just carried on riding. And then somewhere along the way, it must have just sunk in that I loved it. Um, and then I, we started talking about getting my first dual suspension because um, then we started going to Rotorua, which was only like an hour and 45 minutes away from where, where we lived. That was my local, which was pretty wow. epic to have Rotorua as my local. Yeah, that that is amazing. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, we started going there, and yeah, that was yeah when the dual suspension bike started being spoken about. And then I, I bought my first Trek uh, Trek Fuel, and uh, yeah, from then on, it was just that was it. I absolutely loved it. So, what do you think? Um, how long was that transition then from when you first went? like on your first XC ride to, oh my God, I'm hooked, That's I'm going to... I think it was like, a, I think it was a good few few months because it definitely took me a while. I was looking back at my Instagram photos because I think there's 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 one with the sort of, you know, I took of the hard tail being like first XC ride sort of thing. And then to when I bought the bike in, in 2018, and I, I think it must have been, I don't know, maybe just under a year. So it wasn't it wasn't an immediate thing at all. It was definitely a good few months that it it took. Um, yeah, so it did. It felt like a little while, and I'm I always look back and I'm like, wow, I wish I 
had done that faster yeah <laughs> meant I could have got into it quicker but I think it was just the way that it was what do you, was it, do you think there was one like ride in particular that where it switched and you were like I don't remember that happening that's the strange thing it was just such a slow uh a slow progress and maybe it was just the fact that I remember crashing um a couple of times and I don't think it put me off as such but maybe it just made me feel a bit wobbly and I thought oh well this is something nice to do for exercise but I'm obviously not that good at it maybe yeah um so it was just a bit like oh maybe maybe it was just stuff like that that I was like oh well it doesn't you know doesn't but maybe it was going on the bigger rides and um going to Rotorua and stuff instead of the XC and maybe it was more of the downhill stuff um that got me more into it uh, once that sort of side because it's a bit more adrenaline filled which is a bit more my style yeah um so I think maybe it was trying that out was what made me go oh this is this is actually really exciting yeah well uh, Rotorua I can't say that word Rotorua that's in south <laughs> New Zealand south the south island isn't it of New Zealand no no it's in North Island oh is it yeah North Island it's probably about three hours south of Auckland which is ah. a big one where a lot of people fly into yeah. and then I lived in Hamilton which is about an hour and a half two hours from Auckland and then Rotorua is just a bit further south uh, okay I was just trying to remember when we camper vaned around there what um what order we did stuff in but we definitely we definitely stopped in Rotorua Rotorua the smelly one it smells like eggs ah, is there a volcano there, there? There's a lot of like sulfur um, stuff and there's like steam and stuff coming out of these holes everywhere. And yeah, uh, I don't think there's, I don't know if there's an active volcano, but there's a lot of stuff yeah. going on there with like geysers and things. You'd have probably been around some of the... Oh, I think we were going to um, do a trek around it, but it was really foggy. And then we didn't, if I'm, anyway, um, <clears throat> but amazing. Yeah. It was on your doorstep. So, yeah. So you... We're with this guy and he was like mad into it and then he sort of like said come on an XC ride and you've you've gone yeah. up a few but it didn't it didn't get you um and then you've gone to do a bit of downhill in and then thought oh hello hello mad <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it yeah so I guess there is a difference isn't there like it's all classed under the same umbrella if you were looking at like the sports and the, the races and the professional side of it. Um, but I think there's a distinct difference in XC racing and downhill because oh, yeah, definitely. totally different, aren't they, really? Like peddling. I mean, yeah. The, the XC- I think I enjoy aspects of both. Yeah. There's so many, you know, and even some of the XC riders that we watch in the World Cups and everything, they're, they're still amazing what they do and their technical ability is fantastic yeah. and their fitness is just oh. incredible. Um, and I think there are aspects of that that I enjoy, but I think it's the adrenaline of that sort of downhill stuff that I think really clicks with me. Yeah, you, you like you're at one with scaring yourself silly. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you when you um, sort of got into it? Um, I wow, oh, when how long ago is that? is that five years ago so I'd have been 23 okay I think yeah and had you we're by my maths is right there <laughs> yeah it's 2022 take away yeah 18 take <laughs> it 
it's five years about five years um (laughs) before that did you ride bikes in any way like were they part of your life no like I uh you know I I obviously rode a bike when I was a kid and I'm really lucky in the way that I live on a farm and there's um there's a wood sort of over the road from me and you know I remember doing like little trails and stuff with my family and things like that but they were very much like um those sort of you know wide family gravel trails and Sherwood Pines is just around the corner as well so I remember going there but again not single track stuff it was very much just family pootling around um but I probably wouldn't have been on a bike for I don't know since I was a kid really um it's not really something that you just get on or have (laughs) yeah I think I found that with chatting to people that um they most people have come into the sport like later on not having grown up with it um they like riding a bike as a kid and that like you say but then it's not really part of their their everyday life until they're in their mid-20s onwards and then it's like ooh. and I I do think that's the difference maybe between men and women is that all a lot of the guys I know who've got into it from being younger is because they just it's a kind of it's that boyish thing that they'd be like oh let's go to the park and mess around on the uh, on our bikes for a bit yeah whereas girls don't really really do that um but I think that happened with my ex and my current boyfriend like I think that just seems to be the story that I have is that they're like they just go and faff around on them don't they and they're silly on them and pull wheelies or attempt to and yeah mess about it's interesting because you could go deep with that and think that is that because of the society that we grew up in when we were younger that girls played and fuck it oh excuse me I'll keep swearing on these they they made daisy chains and the boys got bruises on bikes like you know I I think things are changing now a bit but although I do remember being a a kid and we we were like tomboys like hanging out of trees and well that's the thing I was such a tomboy I was you know Mm. climbing trees and running about my farm being a little dirty kid but like you know I just I, I don't know maybe it was because my brother wasn't into it he wasn't like yeah. a sort of sporty bikering person so maybe it is just dependent on whereabouts you are and that sort of thing yeah um but thank god we found it now hey whatever age that's, I know. that's what I think yeah okay so <clears throat> thank you for sharing all of that um you said then that this ex of yours got you into it um and then obviously well not obviously, but we're going to be talking about what's happened with that um, relationship and how that affected mountain biking um, and what you had to do. So, yeah, do you want to sort of share your story around that? Because people are like, what the hell is she going on about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, it kind of got to the point where things just obviously weren't quite right. And I was thinking about moving leaving New Zealand, um, leaving this guy that I was with, um, who was lovely, really, which probably made it all the harder. <laughs> but mm. um, it just, it just, something wasn't right. And it was time to sort of come home. And I remember turning to him one night being like, I'm so scared that if I leave you, um, I'm going to lose mountain biking. And I remember saying that to him because I was like, I've started sports and stopped sports before. Like, you know, there are tons of things that I've tried and given up yeah (laughs) and nothing stuck um that I'm passionate about and I was so so nervous about it because he he was a bike mechanic and he sort of helped me so much in that respect as uh I'm sure a lot of women probably feel that their partner does do um 
I uh, and yeah, it was just it was so nerve wracking. And I was um, bringing my bike back with me on the plane as well because I, I didn't want to leave it there. <laughs> no. So I um, had to pack that up in a box, which is a bit a bit just a lot really. It was um, I've never travelled with a bike before, but it was um, it felt like a bit of a big thing to do yeah um and with all of this I had just had a biking injury as well um just a, a couple of weeks before I was supposed to get my flight I did um I did crash and I I broke my c6 um in my neck and so yeah I was in a, a halo for about six weeks so I had to push my flight back and everything what's a halo um <clears throat> oh a halo sorry it's um it's you kind of wear like a bodysuit yeah uh, and then it's got sort of rods that are attached to um your shoulders and your back and it comes up and then it attaches to a halo that is screwed into your head oh my god um to keep you completely still like if you are into this and you've probably seen some of the um the world cup riders occasionally they've got sort of things on but sometimes they're just the brace and attached to your just the outside of you to stop you moving it sort of depends what kind of break you have I think but because mine was very close to my spinal cord they were very cautious about how much I moved so basically the screws in your skull and everything just keeps you completely rigid like it was very much like you could not I couldn't move anything from sort of yeah my chest upwards was very still like if I wanted to look to the right it was you have to swivel on my on my from my hips (laughs) oh my god Sarah yeah it was it was a lot um I was in hospital for about a week and um yeah it was definitely an experience and I think people are always like they're so chill about it and even when I was in hospital um they said that I was but I think I just I felt so lucky and happy that it could have been worse and I was like this um you know it's just okay because I'm going to be okay and uh yeah God, God, like no one will be able to see my face, but I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, you look quite shocked. <laughs> I'm just thinking that that's two massive, massive, massive things to happen. Like you're, you've made a decision to leave a relationship and move country. Like that's yeah. humongous. And then in the midst of that decision, you have a a crash and get a massive, massive injury that could have potentially been life-changing so yeah geez it was a lot <laughs> my god that, that's an understatement yeah. god I didn't know that yeah. yeah I didn't even know that this is the thing like people intimate yeah. a few bits and bobs don't they but you you don't get to you don't hear the thing full of the girls it. who I started biking with earlier on I think I I bring it up quite a brought it up quite a lot when I first met them because I was just getting back into it post-injury um, but I think the newer people who I've met maybe maybe don't know about it. No. Um, <laughs> so if you don't mind like sharing a little bit more, um, just touching on what you said about um, you were so, you know, you, you made the decision to break up with this person um, and you were so scared about losing mountain biking. Um, what What was it, do you think, that, sort of brought that fear about what was going through your mind like to you know you're making this decision and you're thinking oh shit I'm gonna not you know I'm gonna lose biking what was it about that sort of relationship and that situation that made you think that 
I suppose he had got me into it and I just thought that without him being there that I would lose the drive to go out and do it um or that I wouldn't be able to do any of the I wouldn't be able to like lube my own chain or pump my own tires up or I don't know it was one of those things I over dramatized how hard all the little things are I think um and I just thought oh without someone there doing it with me I would just give up because um yeah you don't have that drive to go out with that person um so I think I was just I definitely over dramatized it but like you say I had a lot going on (laughs) and um um so I think looking back I'm like oh wow of course I was going to carry on doing it and and that sort of thing but it it's um I think it was just yeah the there was just this fear that I couldn't do it on my own maybe and I think as well he had been so important in my progression and he was always so good at slowing down on trails and helping me follow and getting me over stuff and he was like my little teacher and uh I just I felt like that he was so necessary to the whole thing um and in the end he he wasn't which is no that sounds me (laughs) but he wasn't like you know I found out that I could do it all you know yeah I'm not a bike mechanic and I definitely take my bike to the shops to get stuff done (laughs) that I probably could do myself or should do myself but um but that's fine and there's nothing no no shame in that and just because I don't have him there to sort of do that stuff for me or anything it doesn't doesn't change it no and if anything I think it's helped push me to meet you and all these other people who I now know because I got back and I did some um rides on my own um when I first well first got out of my neck brace and stuff and went out on my own and I was like oh this is a bit uh, not very good I'm not enjoying it and that's when I put this post out on Facebook um mountain bike chicks and trails group on Facebook and I was like, hey, I'm back in the UK. I don't know anyone who bikes. Is anyone about in the Nottingham area who who wants to come riding with me? And that's how I met Sarah Watt, one of our friends, yeah. and Maria. And uh, yeah, just and now that's how I'm, I then met you. So my branch of people is just so much bigger now. And realistically, I wouldn't have that if I, you know, if I hadn't gone out on my own and just been like I can do this and I can yeah I can find people who have the passion that I have and want to share it with yeah um I think a lot of people will relate to this where like they're in a relationship or, or maybe a friendship and um it's almost like you become like reliant on that or you think that you're reliant on that person for like your motivation like if you have a mechanical yeah. like teaching you all that sort of stuff and I think it's quite common to have everything wrapped up in a person uh and then if that sort of breaks down you sort of feel a bit like vulnerable and you're like oh shit but like you're saying oh no like what you know can I even leave my chain can I pump my tires what will happen if I do this what happens if I get lost and it's hard to admit, I think, um, because 
I don't know, maybe when you get faced with that situation, you're then like, oh, shit, maybe I relied a little bit too much on this person. Um, But then, like you say, the turnaround from that and then, like, having to do it on your own almost is very, very empowering because you're then not relying on a person. You're relying on yourself and, you know, it's cheesy, isn't it? But we are... You know, it's better to be able to do stuff <laughs> off your own back because then, yeah, you're not, it's not based on anything else other than yourself. Um, I, I just can't get my head around though that when you were sort of going through that, and I think it can be a massive thing because when something becomes a massive part of your life and a part of your identity, to then think that you're going to lose that because you're making a decision like for yourself, like in terms of the relationship that's massive. Like, I think there's probably going to be quite a lot of people that potentially are sat there thinking, not necessarily very happy, but my whole life is biking. And this person is like part of that. So I don't want to lose that. So I'm just going to stay. Do do you think, or is that me? Yeah. No, I definitely, yeah, I, I can fully yeah agree with that I think that you do I mean often I mean it's much broader than just biking people maybe stay in things because of feeling comfortable and happy and uh safe I suppose and in that in that space and um yeah it was definitely I do remember being it adding to that anxiety about leaving um because I was so worried about about losing any of my identity because New Zealand and biking and him had just become so much a part of it. And, uh, so yeah, I would definitely say that, you know, obviously not everyone's in that position, (laughs) but I can imagine that a lot of people might be. And I think the important thing is to just remember that, you know, you can do it on your own. And actually the important thing as well is to not necessarily say you have to do it on your own uh putting that facebook post out asking who was around local to me to ride with was probably just ne- necessary for me to to carry on biking i think if i had carried on trying to ride on my own i'd have given it up yeah um so i think having that being strong enough to actually say you know what no i don't like doing this on my own and it's okay to not ask for help but I suppose it was I was like I need I need friends yeah (laughs) and it sounded lonely and a bit embarrassing in some respects putting this Facebook group up being like I don't have any friends to ride with because it sort of sounds yeah it sounds lonely (laughs) and a bit sad but at the same time no one is thinking that of you you know you might I thought that of myself um but no one would have looked at that post and been like oh that's a bit awkward (laughs) they'll have been like yeah I'm here for you yeah I'm here for that and they were and it was great well I think that's it you know it is it's a massive brave step that is isn't it because you're you're showing a vulnerability and you know you're putting yourself out there and by default the implication is like you were saying in your head, oh, I haven't got anyone to ride with. I haven't got any like friends. I'm lonely. People are going to think that of me. And that's what our little heads tell us. So it's really, really yeah. brave to sort of be in that position, think, 
do you know what? This is really important to me. I really want to carry this on. I realize that it's not going to happen if I'm just trying to go out to the woods on my own because sometimes a ride on your own is all right, but it is so much better with friends, isn't it? Um, And then you thought, I'm going to put myself out here and I'm going to expose like my vulnerability. So fair play. And then I guess from that, it then creates this sort of like snowball effect, doesn't it? And it takes time, um, but, you know, you will make connections and then they've got connections and then they've got connections and before you know it. Yeah, the web of people that I've met through just putting that Facebook post out. I mean, that's how I met. Um, and lockdown actually helped in some respects because there was a lot of people riding in my local area that couldn't travel and stuff. And that's how I met Steve, who owns Seekers Cult, who I now ride for. And um yeah all of you guys who you know we go on holidays together and stuff and I know basically we don't you know haven't known each other that long or know each other that well necessarily it's more just we have the same interests and everyone's so like-minded and chill and I love it everyone who I've met in this yeah web of mountain bikers is just amazing and it's opened me up to so many adventures and fun stuff that we all do together yeah and I think that's that's the beauty of the community isn't it that we're all like-minded because we all like we've got an unhealthy slash healthy obsession with our bikes um (laughs) depending what week uh and it, it just shows that being brave and taking that step pays off and although you know people might be sat there thinking oh or I don't know anyone I don't want to put that post out there or I don't want to go to that group ride because I haven't got any friends like it's like you've just got to do it you've just got to you've just got to do it because there is definitely going to be at least one person that reads that and it completely resonates with them and they're like oh my god this this girl's near me I feel the same like right I'm going to reply and I think that's what's really good about having um yeah all the mountain bike groups especially the female mountain bike groups as well um because yeah sometimes you just sort of as a first step want to find someone that you think is in your position like yeah um, and then you know depending on what what your situation is you can some people might just go straight into the big groups and not really give a shit and just be like yeah do you want to ride? And then some people are like, oh, actually, I'll rather find a couple of girly mates first and then I'll yeah. do this or that. But, um, yeah, I just think it's a great example of how that one post then snowballs and then, you know, how many years ago was that then, do you think, if you do maths? <laughs> mm, that will have been, came out of my net brace at the end of 2019, I think. And then we went into lockdown, March 2020. Yeah. So I think it would have been, I think as a lockdown was just starting to ease. So maybe May, April, May, sort of around there. It was like after the first lot. And I think we were able to sort of do some stuff again. I think that's when I put the post up. Um, Yeah. So it's like two two and a bit years ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, so if someone's listened to this that's in the same position where they've 
the relationships like ended changed whatever and they're like oh I don't want to ride my bike on my own like what would you say what would you say to them I would just say I don't know that you just gotta put yourself out there and do the things that maybe make you feel vulnerable and a bit uncomfortable because in the long run you will you'll be better for it and you'll be so glad you did I think that's the the biggest thing I could say is that yeah I, I get that and it is tough um but at the end of the day if you know yourself and you know that you don't like riding on your own then just finding some people will be great and just going to a group putting a post out anything yeah um will will be good I mean some of the bike parks are doing such good ladies days or you know anything even when I've been to bike parks on not those ladies days I end up chatting to people on the uplift and stuff and people are so nice that if you're on your own even if you're like hey I'm I'm actually new can I hang out with you guys <laughs> like 90% of the time they're going to be like yeah of course like, yeah I've had people you know trail after us when we've been and they come and they just do a couple runs with us and it just gives them that that momentum so yeah I think just put yourself out there and it's it's hard and you know it's maybe easy for me to say because I don't lack confidence generally that sounded bad um but I you know I think I as much as it was it was difficult I think I I knew it was the right thing to do and so I know other people might find that harder but yeah I can I can't recommend it enough to yeah spread your network and get get out there with some people yeah some like-minded friends reach out basically because yeah like someone's gonna gonna get you and then yeah you'll before you know it yeah I think as well and I think that is just the mountain bike community isn't it like everyone's so everyone's so lovely and so approachable I think and I don't think you have that in all sports and in all walks of life but mountain biking generally everyone is really really nice and we just all have that everyone's been a beginner that's I think maybe one of the most important things to remember especially if you're feeling worried about stuff is that we'll all we've all been at that stage probably where we've been oh I don't know anyone or I don't quite I'm not quite doing everything I want to be doing with biking so I think it's just all relatable yeah and um definitely I think no no one's that scary (laughs) no well that's it and um sometimes you can like look at a group or look at something on Instagram and then you can be like oh my god look they've they're the they're the best of friends and they they all know each other so well I couldn't possibly approach that group of people or message them or whatever when in reality like uh I'm just thinking of example at Northampton Bike Park at the ladies day a a girl messaged me after and she was like oh I saw you guys but I am I she she felt she just didn't have the confidence to um come up to us which broke my heart a little bit because I thought I'd done a good job of like sweeping up the women I was literally get if they if there was a girl there on her own I was like you're here for the ladies day some of them weren't I was like oh well we're up here anyway (laughs) like you're coming anyway (laughs) if you're female you're you're getting it but um I I think I think we, we identified that I had seen her but she was with them a couple of lads and I just I just thought oh she's with those lads and she was 
but she had wanted to come up but she didn't and um it just sort of made me think I guess for some people you know I'm like you I'm confident as well at you know sometimes I get anxious about some things but in the main I can overcome that and I'll just be like oh yeah whatever um go up to a group of strangers sort of with a little bit of a gulp but I'll do it it doesn't like affect me too much but I know some people that's a real big deal um and it isn't as easy as just saying I'll just go up and say hi because that can be really intimidating especially if you see everyone talking and laughing and you think they're all like a real close-knit group of mates but the truth of the Northampton like I knew Shawnee and Lib I didn't know anybody else I'd only just I'd only met them that morning um but you just chat don't you and you just all get along and it can look like everyone's known each other for 20 years but the reality is is there's probably lots of new people there maybe some more established friendships but in the main there's going to be lots of people in your boat I think um yeah and if you are worried about going up to people in person I do think social media is is good for that like I know social media can be a little bit daunting in some respects but if you're worried about going up to people in real life then you know message them on on Instagram or yeah find these groups on Facebook because it does make it a little bit easier maybe to be behind a screen to begin with just to yeah. just to say hi to people you know yeah and get in touch with whoever's organizing it which is usually quite easy to find out isn't it from these posts and yeah. drop them a message and say hey I'm coming on my own I'm feeling a bit nervous about that will you meet me somewhere like or yeah look out for me I've got a you know, whatever bike or a blue helmet, because I just think um, that's a great sort of bit of advice there because it can make you feel a bit less like daunted when you sort of know you've got someone that's going to meet you. It just feels a little bit less like scary, doesn't it? Um, Yeah. Hey, it's me. Just a cheeky little interruption here to remind you to go over to the website and sign up to the newsletter. Give me a follow on socials at Girls on Wheels podcast. And if you're enjoying this, head over to podchaser.com and leave me a raving review as it helps me so much. And I really appreciate it. Now back to the episode. How did you, so you, you were living in New Zealand and then you came over to the UK. I'm just thinking like, how did you actually find that Facebook group? Did you already know of it or did you do a search? Like, how did you find it? That is a good question. I am trying to remember now how I knew that Chicks and Trails was a thing. Um, it might have actually been my ex who told me about it now that I'm thinking about it. Because maybe he was, maybe he just, he maybe he just sort of said, oh, there will be Facebook groups, especially in the UK, because, I mean, it's such a, you know, pop, popular, as in, like, you know, we've got a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, the mountain bike community, I think he, even he knew was big, probably just because he's in the industry and stuff. So I think he was just aware of it. But I feel like maybe he mentioned it to me. I don't know how he would have known about that specific one, but maybe he knew women from again just from the industry who were yeah I really don't know actually um that's my gut feeling is that maybe he told me but I don't know I think if you um, if you put in Facebook and search mountain bike I'm sure that the female ones will come up the main ones will come and then if you go down a bit you'll get 
start getting the the female lists in there. Yeah, some more like yeah, and there's some more like little local ones and stuff. But that Chicks and Trails one is definitely one of the larger ones. Yeah, but, it covers yeah. everywhere, doesn't it? Mountain bike Chicks and Trails. Yeah, um, I'm sure it got recommended to me, but yeah, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure from who. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's a great like for anyone that's listening that's thinking, oh, I need some more mountain bike friends. Like we've all been there. Don't it doesn't mean anything about you as a person. It just means that whatever circumstances you found yourself in that you've the you know the people that you used to ride with or whatever you maybe you've moved house who knows what the what the diff change is but you know there's always going to be people we've all been there so use social media to your advantage and and go and join some of these groups and yeah do what you've done and put, put a post out there um but I think these groups are great because you can sort of lurk about in them as well, can't you? You don't have to announce your arrival or say anything like yeah. that. You can just be there in the yeah. background. You can have a little look at what's going on and you can make some decisions without any pressure mm. about what you might want to join in. Or like you, you can just go straight in there and say, this is where I live. Does anyone want to come for a ride? Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that that they're they're a godsend really for people I'm just thinking if you weren't on social media like what would you do um I suppose yeah then I think you do have to be a little bit stronger at just approaching people yeah on trails you know um it's just yeah you kind of have to sort of throw yourself into that sort of thing or go and chat to your local shop yeah because there are often group rides <clears throat> and things like that that, you know, often they'll go past shops on, on the rides or they'll just know of stuff. They'll know people who bring their bikes in to be serviced, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Find your local shop, go chat to them because they're always, again, really lovely people. Again, I always think a bit daunting walking into a bike shop because I personally feel a bit out of place. I don't know why because obviously I do mountain bike, but yeah. I think I walk in thinking these people are going to know that I I, you know it's like all gear no idea sort of thing <laughs> yeah and I just think that you know they're gonna think that of me and they might but they're never they're never going to be horrible no. about it they'll still you help know. you they might know yeah exactly um they're all going to be very lovely people and at the end of the day they probably just like being able to help out someone else who likes a sport that they love so yeah um, we hope that if they're working in a bike shop yeah you know. <laughs> but no that's a great idea like if you're not on social media um yeah yeah you've got to do it do it the old school way haven't you um yeah and it's the same with uplift days and stuff if you've booked a uplift or something on your own go and chat to the um to the drivers uh, of the of the uplift or go to the reception bit and just talk to them and they're again they've always been so brilliant at telling us what the trails are running like or which ones are good if you are a beginner or which ones to move up to if you're thinking of just needing a bit of progression they're usually brilliant and if you said to one of them you know I'm on my own I definitely think they would probably help you out and just go around and have a little sweep up of a group maybe that could at least take you up and and just show you a couple or something yeah um or if someone else has also chatted to them that's on their own, they'll be like, oh, there's a girl on that uplift. She's wearing yeah. this. She's on her own. Um, but yeah, I think you've got to, you just got to be, be a bit brave as uncomfortable as it might make you feel. Um, mm. You just got to do it, haven't you? 
So do you think that, um, so here's a question for you. Do you prefer mountain biking now compared to when you were doing it with your ex in New Zealand? Um, I mean, the trails at Rotorua were so wonderful. Yeah, all right, Joe. <laughs> I miss the trails. <laughs> what, kind of chase is it the <laughs> it was annoys me because I feel like I didn't make the most of them when I was there because I was a beginner and I'm like now oh they'd be so good but I no I I guess the the community and the group that I ride with now is so nice that you know there's always someone riding pretty much and we're all always going to different places and I love that we go on holidays together and it's so I think it's nice to have this group that isn't a partner because I'm like partners do come and go yeah <laughs> uh, that is just the way of the world <laughs> and but friends kind of stick around and you know for me now I'm like that's made mountain biking more of a permanent fixture in my life because I know that no matter who I break up with who I'm with whatever <laughs> they're always going to be there and Don't worry, Jack. I won't lose biking because of that yeah if Jack's listening <laughs> um yeah it just it, it it's meant that mountain biking feels like my safe space that now no matter what else happens it's always going to be there yeah because I can't lose it now because it's become this big thing that I'm connected with all these other people yeah I think that's really key isn't it that when you do end up finding yourself in a situation where you've perhaps only done it with one person um and that you're a bit reliant and it's all a bit entwined that it it can feel unsafe because if that one person goes then everything topples whereas if you have a network around you um and things that you can dip in and out of then and like friends mm-hmm. that have got that passion um yeah. then yeah it's there's always someone to turn to isn't there I think that's what's great about the mountain biking community as well is that you can you know, if, you, if you're that way inclined and got the confidence and whatever, you can pretty much, if you wanted to, ride with someone different every weekend. Or yeah. there's a, there's always someone that wants to do something. So even if your main like friends or group don't, you can pretty much go, oh, I'll see if they want to ride. And I think it's really good to have mm-hmm. like lots of different people to to ride with and yeah, do things with because. Yeah, when someone doesn't want to do it, you can just go, oh, okay, I'll see if they want to do it. And there's usually usually someone there, yeah. isn't there, that's like, I'll do that. Like you rely on those people that are absolutely obsessed and don't care about putting fuel in their car and don't care about like taking the time <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And they're like, yes, I'll be there, even if it's like a 15-hour drive. It's like you exploit them a little <laughs> bit, don't you? Like, hey, do you want to do this with me? <laughs> You'll come. They're like, yes. Um, no, that's amazing. Uh I just want to ask you about the I mean I think this could be a whole sort of topic on its own but your injury and coming back from that like when you had that neck brace off I do really feel like this will be another topic though because I think we could talk for ages about this um, <laughs> we'll just do another podcast yeah, another, we, another time I'll, I'll be a guest too I'll do two guests yeah no no you can but <laughs> you know just briefly but not to diminish the the level of that injury and everything like how did you come back from that especially that sort of injury because I feel that that's very scary for people isn't it because 
it's like could potentially be life-changing if it was like slightly different um yeah. how did you how did you get back on your bike after that Sarah <laughs> I think and I do say this to people is it it baffles me actually how little it concerned me and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> there's definitely maybe something not quite right in my brain but um I don't know the thing I think that I got I took from it was that it happened doing such a small thing I lit there was like a little stump a little bit of wood and I was like oh I saw the guy in front of me one of my mates just do a little pop just popped off it and it was probably less than a foot high and I you know I've done plenty of that stuff before but obviously like I say I was a beginner back then and I just lost the front wheel and just sort of toppled over and it was just such a small insignificant thing and I think that has helped me because I was like I just did like one of the worst injuries you could possibly do doing not that much yeah so then I was like that's why I think the big things don't scare me that much because I'm like well I don't know it just you could do it any time you could do it crossing the road one day a car would just be there we get in cars all the time and they're death traps really like there's yeah. just so many things that could go wrong in in your life if you worried about every single little thing and because it was such a small thing I think that helped because I was like you know it was just a fluke a freak of nature that such a tiny little incident yeah. caused such a a bad um a bad break but yeah I was just really lucky and I think I am I'm I'm lucky in the way that also yeah like I say my my brain manages to forget about it and not worry about it whenever I'm on my bike I don't think oh that happened that might happen again yeah I guess I don't really know how I guess if you were applying that logic to it and you know that it was just a freak a freak accident that had got nothing to do with anything that you were it wasn't your fault it was just one of them then maybe it is easy to just think right well I can't be worrying about that it's not like you were trying to clear a gap jump and yeah that's what I say to people I was like oh I wish I could say I was yeah doing something crazy (laughs) I do joke to people and I'm like oh I was pulling a (laughs) backflip yeah um that's the story I like to tell people (laughs) but really it was nothing and I think, yeah, that's why then any big stuff doesn't sort of phase me as much because I think a lot of my big crashes have been on little things. Yeah. And so it just, it's the way of it really, I think. But it it was definitely, the tough bit was just the, the getting back to feeling strong on the bike again, I think. It was a lot of downtime because of being stuck in that position with the halo as well. My shoulders, neck, everything was so not used to movement again. Yeah. And I remember going out for the first few rides with like a backpack on and my shoulder was like absolutely killed. And I was like, no, this is, I'm too young to have these ailments. This isn't fair. Yeah. And I remember thinking that it was annoying that certain stuff was never going to be quite as easy ever again. But it, it did get easier. Uh, and I, I do see a chiropractor and stuff for it still. Uh, and so I would recommend to anyone to just carry on seeing a physio chiropractor, even after the NHS or whoever says, OK, you're good now. Um, yeah, you're probably not. So carry on doing those things because um, I just don't want it to come back and bite me later. 
And um, I think it's definitely helped because, yeah, I don't feel any kind of problems from it anymore. I yeah. think my shoulders do get a little bit achier than they probably used to, but that also might just be because I'm older. <laughs> yeah, you're so old, Sarah. I'm getting old now. How old are you? <laughs> uh, I'm 20. You've still got the two in the bloody age, so you are not old. Um, no, that's that's great, I know, though. I know. Like, keep, keep up the the physio or the chiropractor or keep up the work after and then you yeah I definitely think and you know yeah going to the going to the gym doing workouts and things that help strengthen those areas and stuff I do think it all it all contributes to it and I think I did go a little bit workout heavy for a while after my neck injury because I was like I want to be as strong as I possibly can be yeah I need to be so that I don't break anything else um but yeah, I think you just maybe have those phases after an injury because you feel like you need to go the opposite way. Yeah, a bit. Um, but yeah, but at the end, I think I just put it down to being just this crazy experience that <laughs> was just mental, but was such a huge part of my life. And I remember talking to friends on the phone at the time and they were all just shocked by how positive I was about it. And I kept just being like, mate, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. And they were all like... Yes, but it's still pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but I don't know. But I do think it's easier to be the person in that position than someone who cares about you yeah. watching you hurt yourself. Um, I've now been in that position taking someone to hospital and having to sit by their bed when they're not coherent or looking very good. And it's it's horrible. So I do think it is easier to be in that hospital bed because you're like, I mean, I'm in the best place possible. Being looked after yeah. is fine. Yeah. And I think actually that's why I found lockdown so easy because I was like, oh, this is this is a breeze com- compared to breaking my neck and having to sit in inside for six weeks on my own. Because I basically had a mini lockdown when I was in the halo because I wasn't allowed to leave the house um, in case I did any further. Yeah. Um, but then I was on my own in lockdown, whereas at least when we all went into lockdown, I was like, oh, but everybody's doing this, so it's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least it's not just me on my own. Yeah. So, yeah, 2019 was a it was a tough year, but it was definitely, I don't know, I think it just I was about to sound so cliche. I was like, it made me who I am. No, but yeah, be cliche, because <laughs> these cliche things do are true sometimes, aren't they? Yeah, it definitely, yeah just taught me a lot about myself I guess and showed how resilient I can be and and that sort of thing which I think for mountain biking it's yeah it's good yeah good good lesson to have learned good thing to have gone through in a way (laughs) I think I think hearing you sort of share your story as well it's like it makes me feel empowered and I think like yeah like fair play that's you know, you made those decisions that some people aren't brave enough to make. You broke your neck in the process of that, like, which is massive. <laughs> um, and then you've moved country and you've come home and then you've put yourself out there. Like, so, yeah, I think it's really, it shows that even when all the shit hits the fan that you can, you can like drag yourself through it, however, whatever bloody way. And then, yeah, two years later, come on podcast and talk about it and think about all the things that are different in your life now and um yeah all your all your riding adventures and friends and stuff it's great um thank you for sharing all that mate I appreciate that that's all right and it's been it's been nice talking about it (laughs) so I've just got a few there's like a few random questions at the end um 
Yeah. What I wanted to ask. So when pe- if people were to look at your Instagram, they'd be like, oh my God, she can ride her bike. Cause you are, you are amazing. Um, is there still anything <laughs> now though that scares you? I've got a feeling you might say no, um, pretty cool about this, but like, is there anything where you just think, <laughs> oh my God, shit the bed? <laughs> I don't know. I suppose, I mean, it's not like I don't have any fear. There are definitely points on my bike where I've been like, oh, that was a bit sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, those moments, yeah, they're definitely there. Um, What scares me though? I think, oh, I don't know inconsistency scares me I don't like when I feel inconsistent on my bike because if I screw up on a little gap jump or something then I'm like how am I going to do that bigger one if I can't just be consistent on the little ones um and I you know I think I know that a lot of people feel that way about drops and stuff as well um so I think that that scares me a little bit um yeah I don't know I think, yeah, that's probably one thing. Uh, I'm not sure, really. I always get very nervous about races and stuff. I do get nervous about them. Yeah. Um, But I don't think scared would be the right word. But I just, yeah, I I don't think any of those nerves or anything before those big things go away. And I have it before uplift days and stuff as well. I think what scares me sometimes is my... I really want to do bigger, something bigger. I want to go bigger. I want to get better. And I think sometimes that scares me because I'm a bit like, sometimes you just maybe need to stop because, you know, Rain you don't in. want to hurt yourself or do anything <laughs> crazy before before you're at that level. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe my own, um, what's the word? My need for something to to do bigger stuff and get better is maybe a little bit scary yeah there's no like features out there where you think oh I'm really scared of that you're you just you're just so brave aren't you mate? Like vision line I'm quite scared of vision yeah, line. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be able to do that though I think that's my issue is that I'm like oh I would I'd love to be able to do that sort of thing but in the end you just have to sort of say well you know if you if you work up to it and you work up to it but if you don't then you don't and that's fine I think big like big jumps and stuff um Oh, that uh, yeah definitely would scare me um I think that's probably the big features that scare me because I I would love to be able to do them but I know I can't yeah uh, but it's just about working up on my technique and I think that is my relationship with jumps at the moment is just improving and just getting better on them but just starting starting small and working my way up and hey if I never make it that big then that's fine yeah that <laughs> that's okay as well yeah uh, there, there's a massive difference in you and I with that because I would look at vision line and go in another lifetime like I know that that is never going to happen for me but I'm quite happy with that um because yeah that's they're just I think, terrifying I don't think I'd want to like walk thing. up them <laughs> no, <laughs> foot of my yeah but, yeah no you're yeah. Um, you're, you're so I always think when I ride with you as well you're so calm in like you've got a real like calm vibe about you and if we're looking at a feature or something I really do like trust and respect what you say and most of the time it's I'm like yeah. nah I'm not gonna do that it's too too much for me but yeah you've I like your sort of level calm approach towards things like you're not erratic um <laughs> you're like you, it seems like you're logical 
I don't know if you'd agree with that, but but there's there's like yeah, logic I think too. Yeah, yeah. So you do, you know, it's if if ever I did want to push myself, you would definitely be one of the first people that I came to and said, Sarah, how shall I do this? Because I just think that you're, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not just like yeah, just do it or mad about it. You. I think that's the key is to yeah is to know know your limits and know when you want to push yourself and I think that's how I've managed to progress on the things that I have done is because I don't if it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right and at the end of the day like you don't want to push yourself to do something that doesn't feel good to you because you'll it'll just scare you more yeah and then it's just not going to be any good I think that's key is and that's what I like about riding with you as well is that you are so happy to do what you're happy doing yeah you know and then you don't you don't finish a ride kicking yourself being like oh that's really upset me that I didn't do that or something you're like you know what I didn't and that's fine I'll come back to it another day if it feels good then I'll do it then and that is brilliant and more people need to be like that really because it is that's inspiring in itself like they're obviously two completely different things you know between you and me that maybe we find expiring but I you know there are things that I'll look at and I'll be like not today there's a drop all uh, no there's a rock roll at warn at warney that um I, I messed up on once and now i, I don't want to do it again yeah and one day i'll just do it because i'll feel that it's okay but f- the last two times i've been i've just not gone near it and i'm like that's okay though because it doesn't feel right at the moment yeah <laughs> and that's you know that's the sort of thing i think i've got from people like you that you know i ride with people that are just I like no not today and that's yeah that's what you yeah need. I guess it's it's a good mix isn't it to have that influence of different sort of riders because you need yeah. the mix of people that sort of push you and encourage you in the right way um, and make you feel yeah. like you can do it but also yeah maybe those people that rein you in a bit or like give yeah. that permission almost to say do you know what if you don't want to do that today that's fine because there is no pressure here type thing. Yeah. Um, but exactly. yeah. Um, oh, it makes me want to go and ride my bike now. I'm like, oh. Although, oh, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, when this, like, the winter comes, it takes me about a month to f- get myself out there. Yeah. I haven't been on my bike for, like, I was enjoying months. it. Yeah, I was enjoying it a couple of weekends ago when we went out for, like, was it Maria's birthday? Yes, that's the last time I rode. It, it was kind of, I know it rained that day, but it had points where it was sunny but wintry but now it's just gone kind of gray and murky and that is so uninspiring it's so like but that's the other thing as well is I do and I love bikes but I like to remind myself that it's not life it's not everything and when I take time to do other stuff I sometimes feel guilty or like oh I should be out on my bike but actually it's okay to do other things like there are other things to yeah to keep you busy and yeah I don't want to feel biking should be fun and you shouldn't f- be feel like you're guilted into it or that you should be doing yeah. it like it, it, it's when you want to go definitely definitely and I think um yeah this the last last time I rode was Maria's birthday and then there's been other bits yeah. of the weekend but there has been two weekends where I've just thought I can't be bothered. It's too, it's cold. It's wet. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for winter yet. I need to adjust to like myself. Be back for summer. Yeah. And then like, then I'll venture out because it's so hard, isn't it? You've got the heat and on and you're like, 
oh i've got to go out in this rain um but yeah oh, okay right i've got a few like quick fire questions just to finish it off um okay okay so just wait. have you got a mountain bike crush don't listen jack oh what from the pro world well from yeah yeah <laughs> it's you dan <laughs> am i a pro <laughs> um thanks <Sarah. laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah who do i like from the pro world uh loic bruni i think has always got a soft spot yeah those, those mm, sparkly yeah, eyes i very much love him okay yeah he's very lovely uh yeah i think he's probably my my go-to top your top okay uh where's your favorite place to ride Ooh. Uh, i love golfy in scotland we will go there dan i think we should do a group trip that's yes, there. yes. Um, maybe in spring scotland yes 100 percent. okay i yeah i haven't been i haven't been up there other than to edinburgh i've never been to scotland so i'm like it's on it's on the list yeah let's do a golfy trip yes <laughs> done yeah. <laughs> booked yeah let's just book it despite having no money let's book it let's just book everything um would you get a mountain bike tattoo or have you already got one? Oh, i don't have one i don't think i would get anything with an actual bike on it <laughs> maybe something mountain based um would be nice uh but and or tree based you know woods yeah. and stuff but not not a bike no <laughs> fair enough i just think is that that's like a bit of a diehard question if they're like yeah i've got a big bike on my chest it's like wow yeah you love it um <laughs> okay if you could wave a wand and get one skill like dialed overnight what would it be oh yeah big jumps I'd, yeah big jumps definitely i think that would be that would be sick. they're just so cool aren't <laughs> they to watch you're like wow yeah um yeah okay do you wear pants under your padded shorts no 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 god no some people no. do you know? and all, i always wear padded shorts as well Me like that's the other thing is that i know a couple of people that i know um don't wear the padded shorts and i'm like oh what and i understand maybe on an uplift day that you might not need it but I think it's just because I started in them because of doing XC stuff. And now I just feel comfortable. And yeah. I'm like, if my butt's padded, I'm biking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same. It doesn't feel right if I don't have them on. I feel like. Yeah, exactly. You feel a bit naked, yeah. don't you? Um, um, but, yeah, but yeah, definitely not pants underneath. Yeah, it's no, like, no. Uh, all sorts of no. Um, what's your like <laughs> go-to heckle when you're, you sort of see someone do something out there on the trails that you're like, yay. Like, what do, what do you say or shout? Oh, I don't know. I like that, like, yo! <laughs> love doing that. That's such a nice noise. I I heard it. It's so nice. And I remember hearing it, um, like, when, you know, when you go to races or on, on the TV and stuff, or people would do it to me. And it is just such a good, uplifting noise. Do it again. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yo! Oh, I love it. That's so good. Um, okay. <laughs> If there, could you give one tip for someone new coming into the sport? Just starting out. Um. Oh, I don't know. Let me. 
Sorry, I've got people talking okay. outside my room, so it's distracting me. Um, if I had one thing to say to someone coming into it, take your time and, yeah, just have fun with it. Don't put any pressure on. Just have fun with yeah. it. Yeah, that's good advice. Okay, and then to finish off, because you've, you've probably heard me call myself a squid quite a lot. Yeah. If a squid made a noise, what would that noise be? <laughs> I wish that would that be a squid noise. Oh, look, I'm going to do a little competition <laughs> with this, like whenever, when there's like a load, and put them all together and get people to sort of see what the best one is. And I wish that there was a video with these podcasts. Maybe one day there will be, but it's just so funny watching <laughs> what people they, they think and then they. It's all quite similar as well, what people think a squid would noise would make. Oh, it has the little come up before. Yeah. Yeah, just different different pitches. So different pitches. Yeah. Hilarious. Okay, well thank you again, Sarah, for coming on and sharing all your um story. And I'm so glad that you've recovered from your injury and that yeah, you've got a nice riding life over here in the UK and that we met. Um a year ago when yeah it's been so good talking about it and yeah it's so nice to actually reminisce and go over yeah how I met everyone and uh how much I've got out of mountain biking and yeah just how how great it is having yeah you and everyone else yeah part of it ditto part of the adventure it's so good you sort of feel lucky don't you You like pinch yourself and you're like what did I do without this sport in my life that's what I think like yeah. what did I do I mean everything was fine I'm not saying I had a bad life before but it's almost like god I, I I don't know what I did without having the like the the things planned and the the rides and all that sort of stuff yeah so, but yeah thank you so much for sharing that's okay thank you for having me thank you so much for listening to this episode of girls on wheels if you enjoyed it please head over to podchaser.com and leave me a review and don't forget to tell all your mates If you've got any comments or want to get in touch, head over to my socials and drop me a message as I love hearing from you guys. I hope that by listening to this today, it's made you want to get out and ride your bike.